This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, today is the big day, Trump Day in the USA. He's going to be down in Miami in the courtroom. I'll be the first one having Laura Loomer, the loopy loser, having her organizing a rally does not seem like a good idea to me by any stretch of the imagination um but they have her and roger stone ready to rile up the crowd outside the courthouse in miami after this all right it's it's going to be very quick how about no cameras allowed in the courtroom ridiculous I don't even know if there's media allowed inside the courtroom. But after this, I think it goes quiet for quite some time. American history. Donald Trump waking up at his golf club here in Doral, once again preparing to turn himself over to authorities, but this time as the first former president to ever face federal criminal charges. This morning, Donald Trump preparing to become the first former president placed under arrest by the government he once led. Trump departing his New Jersey golf club, boarding his private plane and arriving in South Florida. Cameras capturing his movements every step of the way. Trump has called on his supporters to protest. Miami on edge, bracing for demonstrations. We're taking this this event extremely serious. We know that there is a potential of things uh, taking a turn for the worst, but that's not the Miami way. The former president faces 37 felony counts accused of keeping classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago resort, containing some of the nation's most sensitive secrets. From information about defense and weapons capabilities to America's nuclear programs and plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. I just say not guilty. I didn't do anything wrong. But federal prosecutors say Trump knew he was not authorized to keep the documents, but did it anyway, alleging he schemed to obstruct the investigation. The 49-page indictment charges the former president stored those classified documents throughout his club and stacks of boxes in a ballroom, some spilling on the floor in a storage room, some even found in a bathroom. Trump's once loyal attorney general, Bill Barr, calling out his conduct. If even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a very detailed indictment, uh, and it's very, very damning. And this idea of presenting Trump as a victim here, a victim of a witch hunt, uh, is ridiculous. Trump is the frontrunner for the Republican nomination. Some of his rivals who have resisted criticizing the former president now saying this. This puts all of our military men and women in danger if you are going to talk about what our military is capable of. And if that's the case, it's, in, it's reckless, it's frustrating, and um, it causes problems. This case is a serious case with serious allegations. But in America, you're still innocent until proven guilty. Trump is expected to appear in federal court today without a full legal team. Two of the president's attorneys resigned just hours before that indictment was unsealed. Trump arriving here in Florida early in part to have meetings with new lawyers, and we are told his team is expected to continue those meetings even this morning, Robin. All right, Rachel. You know, this business that he doesn't even have a lawyer, uh, is there anyone that feels good about that? I mean, this thing is going from bad to worse. As I have said... I will feel better about the situation with the president when seemingly he is taking it more serious. I'll tell you someone else who's who's not holding back is former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. Uh, was part of a town hall meeting on CNN last night. And And here's him. We're in a situation where there are people in my own party who are blaming DOJ. How about blame him? He did it. 
He kept, he took documents he wasn't supposed to take. He kept them when they asked him back for them. They got a grand jury subpoena. He refused to comply. They raided his home finally because he refused to comply. That, all of those things were brought on himself, as was this indictment. And we're in a situation you know, where there are people... A lot of people are not listening to that. Um, I know a lot of the Trump people don't actually really follow the news, so they wouldn't know a lot of this. I know some people are just blowing off the whole thing that, that it, you know, the whole thing. Witch hunt, they just want to stop him. Um, I just don't think you can, I, I just don't think you can operate that way. I'd prefer, I suggest you follow all the news, then make your own decision. But anyhow, but this is Chris Christie last night, really going after President Trump in this town hall. Joni Ernst roast and ride thing. It was like he was Voldemort from Harry Potter. Like nobody wanted to mention his name. You know, you know someone who's leading backwards and looking backwards. Like, say his name, man, say his name, right? I mean... How do you beat someone if you won't talk about them? How do you beat them if you won't distinguish yourself from them? I think, like I said before, they're playing politics. The second one is some of them are afraid. They're afraid of him. Look what he does. Right? I got a nickname now. I never got one all through 16. I got one now, which is really nice. Uh, makes me feel even more important. I, I, I'm just telling you, I've known him for 22 years. The only thing he understands is force. The only thing he understands is coming right at him and making your case. And if these other candidates don't want to do it, the American people and Republican primary voters have to start to understand this. When did it? When did we get to the point where we're always blaming our adversaries for the weakness of our candidates? Oh, it's the Democrats' fault. It's DOJ's fault. It's this person's fault. It's the media's fault. How about it's his? He hasn't won a damn thing since 2016. Three-time loser. 2018, we lost the House. 2020, we lost the White House. We lost the United States Senate a couple of weeks later in 2021. And in 2022, we lost two more governorships, another Senate seat, and barely took the House of Representatives when Joe Biden had the most incompetent first two years I've ever seen in my life. Loser, loser, loser. Now we're getting going, it'll be different this time. Why? Why will it be different this time? Those arguments need to be made, and I'm not afraid to make them for two reasons. Now, that is Chris Christie last night, um, CNN. Now, I know some people are then going to give him a hard time, but here's also where he talks about what a second term could be. The White House, could the reruns be. will be worse than the original show was. Why worse? Oh, because he's so angry now. He's angry, and he's vengeful, and he said, I will be your retribution. Well, I don't think... I don't want him to be my retribution. I don't need him to do that. And I don't think anybody in America needs it either. He wants to be retribution for himself. I am convinced that if he goes back to the White House, that the next four years will all be about him just settling scores, Anderson, with everybody who he thinks wasn't perfectly nice to him. You know, and, and, and the bottom line is that uh, if you're lucky enough to become the president of the United States, every day you should wake up thinking about what you do for the people of this country, not what scores you need to settle for yourself. And he has shown himself, and I think most particularly in his post-presidency, to be completely self-centered, completely self-consumed, and doesn't give a damn about the American people, in my view, if what the American people want is in conflict with what Donald Trump thinks is best for him. And I don't think that's who we want sitting behind the desk in the Oval. Now, I, um, I'll say this. I think a lot of the people that are supporting President Trump, and you could be listening right now and you're one of them, I think you're supporting the person— who won in 2016. I think in your mind, you're supporting the person who was the president 2017 through 2020. I would argue it's, it's not the same guy anymore. He's gone through a lot. He's that much older. I mean, think about this. Right now, they're scrambling to find attorneys to represent him in Florida. If he knew he was going to be indicted, which he did, how are you now scrambling? Why are these people resigning? I don't, I, I, I think a lot of people, it's, it's their memory of the individual. Where this dynamic is really going to change, listen to what I'm going to tell you, where this dynamic changes is going to be when finally they get on a debate stage. 
And then finally, he's with much younger, very aggressive candidates. There's going to be nowhere to hide. Yes, they are going to go after him. And I think that's where you're going to see the, the kinks in the armor. Um, but don't, you can't confuse the two. Trump that won in 2016 is not the same as Trump right now in June of 23. He's taken on a lot of water. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs, no matter how big, how small. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Online at J perrypaving.com and look for them on facebook you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com so it's interesting a lot of people have been asking me it was last wednesday when you had the incident at the subway in smithfield car traveling at a high rate of speed crashed into the side killing the manager Five people seriously injured. Seven of them uh, were trapped underneath the vehicle. And people have been asking, how come police have not named the driver? Well, it would certainly seem that NBC10 is not waiting for the police to come out. And they have spoken with this man, Jeffrey Barden. He is the one that was involved in the crash. And this is a nice scoop by NBC10, chasing it down found out who he was he was willing to speak on camera to nbc 10 this is the person who was the driver at the the crashing into the subway in smithfield i want to play this is the nbc 10 report i had a seizure and you know i i didn't even know what was going on when i I went through it you completely blacked out i blacked out yep what was your reaction when you kind of got word of what happened after? I didn't get word until what happened until I was in the hospital and came to. That was about 1 in the morning. Wow. And I had the police officer stay with me the whole night. Mm-hmm. So. Did you hear about the, the injured? And yes, I did. The yes, I did. So yes, you, I did. Is it heartbreaking, I guess? Of course it is. Of course it is. You know, you never want something like that to happen. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to drive for a while now. And that's perfectly understandable. But, you know, I mean, uh, never thought I'd be on TV this way. But I used to be an actor professionally in this state. So, Mm. you know, but uh, it is what it is. Have you heard at all anything um, from police on what happens next here? Uh, I've been talking with them day in and day out, but, uh, you know, they can only tell me so much so far. So, but uh, I just came back. This is my cousin here. Took me out from uh, to do some shopping and Mm -hmm. pick up supper. Is this your first time being back home since, or how how long were you in the hospital I was in the hospital until uh, Saturday morning. Was this your first seizure? Yeah. It's a, a lot to process for you, I can imagine. Of course how do you I know it was a seizure? How, said are you, a seizure? how are you? Well, I work um, with kids, and I've been working with kids uh, 
at um, a residential school. It's, um... And I want to stop this just for a moment. Folks, here's some questions. Tell me, take, you, take me through the day. She's answering a lot of questions for him. Must have been heartbreaking. Is this your first time out of the house? This is, what do you, what's the last thing you remember? Where were you coming from? What made you think that? Who told you that? What have the police told you? But stop answering questions for him. That must be heartbreaking. She, how about she leads with those that are injured instead of the deceased? I, I, I can't, but you know, and I, I know this reporter, I, I see her out at some of the various crime scenes, but like, stop answering the question. She's providing answers for him. What is he supposed to say? That must be heartbreaking. What is the man supposed to say? No, not really. I mean, then he's like, yes. And this is your first, like, oh, I did some shopping. I, I used to be an actor. What, what are you talking about? There's someone dead because of this. So I want to continue with this, but I want you to understand. <clears throat> don't answer questions for him. I don't remember anything. I blacked out. What's the last thing you remember? Who were you with? You were alone. Where did you go? What brought you there? Oh, you had lunch? Like, what were you doing there? All right, here, here's the NBC10 rest of the interview with this the man, the driver, that crashed into the subway. For disturbed children, and um, I teach kids you know, coping skills, and I know how coping skills work. So I'm using them, and I'm using them to the best of my ability. Of course, it's... It's sad, and I feel helpless. There's nothing I can do and stuff. And well, there are things you can do. Part of me wants to reach out, but part of me knows better because, you know, I mean, I mean you what? have to give people their space and stuff. An and I understand how what legal the legal process plays out and so forth. So. When you say reach out, you mean reach out to the, the victim's family? Yes, yes. To express my regret and stuff. And even though, you know, um, as people keep telling me, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, but Who's that doesn't make me feel any better, you know? I would have rather it didn't happen, but, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But uh, well, I'm pretty well liked, and I have a lot of people that are supportive What were your symptoms? People are watching Could the news, pulled so over? they'll all see this, so. If you could say anything to them right now, well, if, you can. if you can't say anything to them in person, but I guess, what would you want to communicate? What would you want to get across? I would just want to get across how, how much I regret everything. And, you know, even though it's something that, you know, it's nothing to do with, um, you know, drugs or alcohol or anything like that. I that. It's just, I had a medical emergency, you know, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. So. Was the last time you went to a doctor? Remember where you were headed to? Do you remember anything about that day? Yeah, I was just, um, let me see. Oh, yeah. I had just pulled over to the curb for a second, and uh, the next thing I know, I woke up in the ambulance. And then um, I didn't wake up again until, you know, the next the next day. So. Hmm. Where are we but, coming uh, from? And so, well, I know they, we got the police report. They said that the, I guess, a talk screening would be coming back in a couple of days or so. There, right. should, there wouldn't be anything on there of, of drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Absolutely not. I, I don't I don't even drink socially. I don't drink for two seconds. So you on medication? Yeah. Are you Where concerned at all? That? Um, I guess about how the, the legal process might play out? I try to keep my mind off it at the moment. How's that work? Um, I mean, no. Uh, I let uh, I let the lawyers do their job. Oh, you have lawyers. I appreciate you talking to me. Okay. Oh, so you have lawyers. That's interesting. Huh. The driver crashed in the subway sandwich shop. Jeffrey Barden killed one woman, injured four others. How about the reporter leads with, do you feel bad about the people injured? Injured? People keep telling me it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Are the police saying that? 69-year-old. North Situate man had a seizure, doesn't remember the moments leading up to the crash. What's the last thing he doesn't remember? What was he doing there? This was at Apple Valley Mall. I think there's still a lot of questions here, I think. 
running errands along Putnam Pike started as a routine day. Now, this is in the story, but they don't have pulled over to the curb for a second. Next thing you know, woke up in the ambulance. I'm still seeing doctors and so forth. We'll have to find out one step at a time. Well, he's going to be sued, and he wonders what else he could do. Well, they're going to take his house. Um, Again, a lot of unknowns, a lot of unknowns there. But um, let's not provide answers for him. You must be heartbroken. I bet you wish this never happened. Yeah, I wish it never happened. I bet you don't remember anything until you woke up in the, in the rescue. Yeah, I don't remember anything until I woke up in the rescue. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, that's the situation with Subway. Driver's been identified. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401 401- 580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401 580 1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, again, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. By the way, we have some uh, great new merchandise in the shop on the website, dipietro.com. You just click on um, shop. I want to go back to or play Bill Barr was on Fox News Sunday. I thought he was very candid. Um, you, you can't just dismiss Bill Barr. I know some people want to dismiss everyone, but... Let's listen. Bill Barr talks about some of the things with the documents. That this entire thing came about because of reckless conduct uh, of the president. If he had just turned over the documents, which I think every other person in the country would have done, they're the government's documents, they're official records, they're not his personal records. Battle plans for an attack on another country or, or, or Defense Department documents about our capabilities are in no universe. Donald J. Trump's personal documents. Now, I know some people are going to say, yeah, but he de- he had the power to declassify them. Well, but he didn't declassify them because they have him on tape saying that it was classified information and that he didn't have the power to declassify it. They're going to be able to make that argument in court. It doesn't sound like an argument that is going to be successful. I want to go back to... And again, I recognize there's a difference of talking points and what's going to go on in court. When you get on in court, it's my understanding, you're not just going to say, well, you got to remember Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton. I, 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 you know, Hunter Biden should be investigated, and he is being investigated. The, the Hillary situation, I agree, could have gone either way, but Comey did come out about the emails. That impacted the 2016 election. This, again, is uh, Bill Barr on Fox News Sunday. Under the Espionage Act, uh, that he willfully retained those documents are solid counts. Now, I I do think we have to wait and see what the defense uh, says and and, and what proves to be true. But I do think that even half what Andy McCarthy said, which is if even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a very detailed indictment uh, and it's very, very damning. And this idea of presenting Trump as a victim here, a victim of a witch hunt, uh, is ridiculous. Yes, he's been a victim in the past. Yes, his uh, adversaries have obsessively pursued him with phony claims. And I've, and I've been at his side defending against them when he is a victim. But this is much different. He's not a victim here. He was totally wrong 
that he had the right to have those documents. Those documents are among the most sensitive secrets that the country has. He, they have to be in the custody of the archivist. He had no right to maintain them and ret retain them. And he kept them uh, in a way uh, at Mar-a-Lago that anyone who really cares about national security, would, their stomach would churn at it. My, uh, one of my issues on this whole thing with President Trump is he wanted to keep them. Rightly or wrongly, he wanted to keep these documents for whatever reason. Un unfortunately, I believe, unfortunately for him, he surrounded himself with, I don't want to just say yes men because you hear some of the female attorneys, he surrounded himself with people who then just told him what he wanted to hear. But it, it sounds like the strongest parts of the case against President Trump are his own words and then the notes of one of his attorneys, Evan Cochran. I agree with the reckless element. I, I don't understand the, um, I, the, the whole thing is beyond disturbing. Now, what about the polls, though? Where do things stand on the polls? Well, it sure sounds Gabriel, like he's still strong here. There's some new polling out this morning on former President Trump's favorability with voters. And this poll was conducted after the indictment was announced. And it appears to show some good news for Trump. That's right. When you look at this latest ABC News Ipsos poll, what we find is that the number of Americans who view Trump favorably has gone up, while the number of Americans who view him unfavorably has gone down. You have to remember, before his first indictment, Trump has argued uh, that uh, criminal charges could boost his popularity, and that could very well be part of what we're seeing here. Uh, you have to remember his rhetoric of his campaign has largely been one of retribution, revenge, framing himself as the victim. And there's a segment of his base that is going to stick by him no matter what. I think that's part of the folks that we heard Elizabeth speak to. And his campaign is undoubtedly going to continue to take advantage of that. And Avery, on that point, it's been interesting to watch the other Republicans in the crowded GOP field that walking this political tightrope, responding to the indictments while trying not to alienate Trump's base. How are they navigating all of this? When you look at recent polling across the board, uh, President Trump outperforms each and every one of his GOP competitors. And yes, this forces them to address uh, President Trump. Uh, so far, we've seen more candidates speak out and point fingers of blame at the justice system rather than at Trump uh, himself for these alleged actions. We've even seen one uh, candidate pledge to uh, pardon Trump if he's elected. I think that's really reflective of the state of this race, right? These candidates cannot afford to alienate Trump's supporters if they try to win them over later on uh, as they try and chart a path to the nomination. Kate Shaw, let's bring you in on the legal implications here. How careful does Trump now have to be on the campaign trail? The former president, he's out there speaking frequently about the indictment, making accusations. Could prosecutors continue to use his own words against him in this case? I think that Jack Smith, uh, the special counsel, and his team of prosecutors are going to be watching former President Trump, now candidate Trump, on the campaign trail very, very closely. One of the things that was most striking in this very striking document, the indictment, was how central the president, the former president's own words, were in the charging document. So you have some of former President Trump's conversations with aides in, uh, as recorded in text messages and actual recordings, but you also had public statements, including back in 2016 on the campaign trail and from the White House, essentially Trump acknowledging the importance of safeguarding classified information, whether we're talking about presidential candidates or actual presidents. So that's central in this document. And I imagine that to the extent that former President Trump talks on the campaign trail about these charges, which we have every indication so far uh, that he will, um, some of the things he says in a political register could be quite problematic in court. If he takes the position that, yes, I did this, I had these documents, but I had the right as a former president president to do that, that could resonate with voters, but it could be really problematic as an admission in a court of law. And, and Kate, the timing is critical ahead of the 2024 election. How quickly can the DOJ and the court actually move in this case? Typically, a case like this would take probably a couple of years between the original indictment and the actual trial and resolution. And of course, that would mean no final resolution until after the 2024 presidential election. And so I imagine the special counsel and his team are going to be trying, you know, to the extent possible to move things along expeditiously. And this is a court, the, this Florida trial court, that has a reputation <coughs> as a so-called rocket docket court, uh, a reputation for moving things along quickly. So if the judge is willing to 
to essentially accelerate proceedings. That could mean we could see things happen on a faster than ordinary track. Of course, the defendant, former President Trump, is going, I imagine, to do things, you know, everything possible to delay the final resolution. So a lot is going to turn on how interested the judge is in moving things along swiftly. And so far, this is a judge who, in a previous iteration of a related case involving these documents, was very sympathetic to Trump's arguments against the FBI's search in the first place. So, you know, I, I think there is reason for the Justice Department to be concerned, but they're certainly going to try to move things quickly. And, of course, nothing about this is ordinary. Kate Shaw, Avery Harper, our thanks to you both this morning. Again, uh, it certainly dominates the news. It's impossible for these other candidates to get any type of traction. I think a lot of this is going to change once it hits the debate stage. I think something that jumps out is this was avoidable. They just wanted the documents back. Where President Trump seemingly got in trouble was when he decided he didn't want to give them back. Then they started these efforts of move them here, move them there, have people sign sworn documents saying they'd given everything back. Uh, the nature of it, it, it sounds like the whole thing could have been avoided. That's the way it sounds to me. Sounds like a self-inflicted wound. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Check out DePietro.com. We have merchandise, all the shows, video, exclusive stories waiting for you right there at DePietro.com. Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today. 401 739 1322 free consultation 401-739-1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com I thought law professor Jonathan Turley, who has defended President Trump in the past, but I think it's important when you get a real sense of someone like that who's defended him and how they view this particular case. This was yesterday with a panel on Fox News Sunday. Um, Alina Hama, who's not working on this case, but says there's no way he would ever entertain a plea deal. But you also heard his former attorney general say if, you know, a good chunk of this sticks and if there's a conviction, his words, I think, were he's toast. I mean, these are actual... Um, you know, federal criminal statutes that have years in prison attached to them. Yeah, Shannon, the problem is that he's got to run the table. He's 76 years old. All the government has to do is stick the landing on one count, and he could have a terminal sentence. Uh, you're talking about crimes that have a 10- or 20-year period as a maximum. The evidence here is quite strong. Now, we haven't heard their other side. I've, you know, generally, these indictments are a lot stronger on the day they're issued mm -hmm. than the next day. So they may be able to knock down some of these issues. But some of this evidence is coming from his former counsel. And these are very damaging uh, statements that have made against him. It may be hard to move those. The fact is, both things may be true. Yes, the Department of Justice may have been out to get him. But he made it easy. I mean, if you, if you look at what is being described in this indictment, confronted with someone that he felt was trying to get him, he couldn't have made it more easy for them to do so. So, Troy, I want to ask you about the point the professor makes there that some of a lot of what's in this indictment does this actually come on from one of his attorneys. I mean, there was this decision to, to pierce the attorney-client privilege. There was a ruling on that. But how much of that may then be booted from the actual trial jury that hears this? Because, again, we keep noting there's been no defense of the former president in this grand jury proceeding. It's not how it works. They get to hear one side. But is it possible that some of this evidence in the indictment will actually be, you know, thrown out, will be sealed off so a trial jury never sees it? Well, I, the most damning piece of evidence to me is the audio tape. 
I mean, you want to talk about consciousness of guilt. You want to talk about knowledge and intent. I mean, those are the darlings of a prosecutor's nursery. And that came from President Trump's own mouth. So, look, I think Jonathan is exactly right. But, but here's what I think people are wondering. Jack Smith brought up Hillary Clinton. Brett Hume didn't bring her up. You didn't bring her up. I didn't bring her up. Jack Smith included that in the indictment. So is it therefore relevant how the Bureau and Department treated Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump in a trial? Will a jury ever get to hear about the disparate treatment? Because, look, like O.J. Simpson, the police can frame a guilty person. Both of those can be true. The police framed you and you were guilty. And I'll be curious what a jury does with that. Britt, you've covered uh, Washington for a long time. You've covered a lot of presidential um, campaigns. Have you ever seen a moment like this? Never. This is this is this is truly a much used word, unprecedented. Uh, Never seen anything quite like it. Uh, Worth keeping in mind here, Shannon, that while it can be argued that uh, this indictment or even a conviction would not prevent uh, his supporters from standing by him, if he wants to be elected president again. He's going to need the votes of a lot of people who did not vote for him the last time around, uh, voted for Joe Biden. Now, can anybody, in any real world that you can imagine, would people, after, in the light of this and all, all else that happened after the 2020 election, going to vote for him this time, who didn't the last time? Hard to believe. Quick final word, Professor. Well, a lot of this is going to depend on the schedule. Uh, assuming the defense Jonathan is going to Turley. waive a speedy trial, there's a re- reason why Smith wants a speedy trial. I can't imagine that the defense would not waive it. That A speedy trial would put this trial within 70 days. You can often kick it out to about 120 days, but that's not counting appeals, interlocutory appeals that may delay it. So this is going to be a race to the end of the runway, and whether Smith can make it. If it goes beyond the election, you have this looming question of a pardon or even a self-pardon by an elected Donald Trump. It's a whole other segment. Come on my podcast and we'll talk about that. You know, uh, there's a lot there. I know some people want to discount what Bill Barr said. All right, you can do that. I know then they just kind of want to discount what Jonathan Turley just said. He is He's defended the president in the past. Uh, we haven't heard the defense yet, but within the indictment, it sounds just that, that there, there, was, a, there was a window of opportunity where the president could have handed these documents back. That's what they wanted. Uh, to try to also just say he had the right to declassify these are personal mementos. You, you're talking about, you know, very sensitive material regarding Iran, some of our allies. When they talk, start mentioning the word five eyes, only five only five eyes can be on this type of document. It, it sounds then that President Trump started the plan to try to get people around him uh, who, in, in essence, would go along with his plan to try to hold on to them. Let's go to um, this is Face the Nation. Where obviously it was also once again the risk assessment about just what was in these documents. Educate us on that. Well, what jumps out to me, John, is when you go to the section on the willful retention of national defense information. By my count, there are 21 top secret documents, and the disclosure of top secret information has the expectation of exceptionally grave damage to national security. But what stands out to me is some of the classified codings, like. TK or talent keyhole. You don't see that very often. That's about intelligence from overhead imagery. For example, if we're looking at a terrorist target, do we have such good visibility that we can count the hairs on their head? Can we see what they're eating for breakfast on their terrorist patio? Those are capabilities that we don't want our adversaries to know that we have. Then also special access programs or SAP. These are highly restricted programs because of the sensitivity of the intelligence and the technology, such as stealth technology, for example. Think of classified information like the Pentagon. Special access programs are these handful of rooms where there's just a limited number of keys to control and restrict access to that information. So it's not just secret, it's the top of the top of the top. Some of these are way beyond um, top secret. Like I said, talent keyhole, when you're talking about special access programs or SCI sensitive compartmentalized information, these really are the crown jewels of the U.S. intelligence community. Boy, that is tough to just ignore. 
pokes. That is tough to ignore and just say they were just out to get him. Then we go to uh, Senator Johnson, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, talked about the whole situation with President Ford and uh, President Nixon. I want to get into that. This was also on Fox. Almost about half America believes that. But again, the, the complicit, compliant, corrupt media, they're not covering this thing honestly. And, you know, I also have to point out, you talked about uh, precedent breaking. You know, President Ford decided it was best for America not to pursue prosecution against President Nixon. President Trump pretty much made the same decision, decided not to pursue any kind of prosecution of Hillary Clinton. You know, Joe Biden could have made the exact same decision, but he didn't. He allowed a SWAT raid on a very secure residence of President Trump uh, over federal records, even though he was holding classified records himself. So that record uh, issue should have been handled civilly. We never should be even in this place. But this, these are decisions that President Biden made. As much as he's probably lying about not interf- not talking to the Justice Department at all, uh, that's pretty hard to believe when you understand how many other lies President Biden has told the American public. No, but he still shouldn't have had these documents. I don't think it's that complicated. I want to go to, I thought this, the um, Good Morning America, Dan Abrams laid it out. One of the, the biggest problems with this is that audio tape, apparently President Trump, the some people were doing a book on Mark Meadows and President Trump poked his head in and was chatting with them and let them see that he had these classified documents. And um, the whole thing is, uh, well, it's, it's, it's just seemingly so unnecessary, but my opinion, it's a self-inflicted wound. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make sure to find The John DePietro Show facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream follow it all real time live stream just follow john DePietro's show right there on the facebook page propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Now, if you visit the uh, the website, folks, dePietro.com, we have a lot of original video, or a lot of original content. Uh, you can also get access directly to it, I should mention. So especially, we load a lot of the videos that we do onto YouTube. And so you can utilize it that way. I'm aware that not everyone is on Facebook. Omri still needs millions of wake in wake of the email scandal. Uh, Governor McKee just is, is another one. Can't get out of his own way. Governor McKee rejecting suggestions. He refused to support funding to rehabilitate the Cranston Street Armory retribution. That's not what it was. The uh, people that represent the Armory were trying to shake down and extort millions from the state but it still has more problems listen to this piece channel 12 has really been riding this taken by two high-paid state directors as we first reported the men are accused of behaving inappropriately while vetting a consultant to redevelop the cranston street armory and today the governor is responding to more questions about that trip as well as how much it will cost taxpayers just to keep the armory vacant at six target 12 investigator tim white tells us what the governor had to say tim 
Internal state estimates obtained by Target 12 show taxpayers could have to dish out $35 million over the next 10 years just to maintain the vacant Cranston Street Armory in Providence. The allegations are disturbing. On March 10th, McKee administration directors Jim Thorson and David Patton traveled to Philadelphia to visit with state vendor Scout LTD, who was pitching to redevelop the Cranston Street Armory. Two days later, Scout executives sent an email claiming Patton had acted blatantly sexist, racist, and unprofessional, and Thorson did nothing to intervene. Among the long list of accusations, Patton, who makes $174,000 a year in his state job, would demand free items from businesses in a building he was touring, including vegan cheese, hand-blown glass, and sneakers. Later, they say Patton demanded a lunch at a high-end restaurant, telling them to call in a favor if you want $55 million in funding. After the McKee administration refused to release the email, Target 12 appealed to the Attorney General's office and won. The behavior, is, if true, is, is uh, you know, was certainly is, a, is something that is not becoming of anybody that's uh, working with the state or thinks that they're going to continue working with the state. McKee has so far refused to support funding for Scout's project, but on Monday the governor rejected suggestions that he was blackballing the company as retaliation for the email. The budget went in in January. There was no funding, long-term funding for that project because it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't clear whether that is going to be in the best interest of the taxpayers. Meanwhile, an internal spreadsheet obtained by Target 12 shows the vacant armory building costs more than $3 million a year in climbing to maintain, totaling an estimated $35 million in the next 10 years simply to keep the building from crumbling down. The governor has only budgeted about $12 million to maintain the armory over the coming years. A spokesperson says they think that'll be enough based on what the state has spent in the past. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. I want to repeat, and I don't know why other people are not going down this road, and that is the fact that I heard from a state house insider the way they viewed it was the individuals involved with that meeting from Philadelphia that they sent the email under the guise of almost like a ransom note. Either pay us the money we want that, or give us the money we want to rehabilitate it, or we're in fact going to release this, make it public to the media. That they're, So anything that, that's being investigated it should be investigated that they were trying to use that as leverage use that as leverage against the state in trying to negotiate themselves a better or try to get that money so but that's not um how about the the deal to redo the superman building because you need some adjustments State city leaders announced a deal to redevelop it. $220 million unclear. $26 million from the state. City of Providence going to pitch in $15 million. But Stefan Pryor said, I wouldn't say it's in trouble. <laughs> We're going to keep an eye on it. Folks, the thing is DOA. And we're better off for it. Hey, that guy shouldn't have bought it. The owner of the building... I need more taxpayer money. You want some cheese with that wine? You're not getting it. I want some more taxpayer money. Oh, yeah? How's it feel to want? What a joke. No, you're not getting any more money. Taking enough of our money. I like the fact also um, in Philadelphia, two Rhode Island officials visited Philly. They were so rude. <laughs> the state led to an investigation. Even in Philadelphia, they're making fun of it. Uh, let's see. McKee answers questions about email. This is NBC 10. Brian Crandall with the story. Now he's jumping in. I Here's the thing. I, I haven't even heard this, but I'm going to guess that it is just more of the same talking points that he was spewing, meaning Governor McKee, on NBC 10. So Tim Scott's doing some advertising. That's interesting. All right, here is uh, I-Team NBC10 with the governor. Retaliate for an embarrassing... oh, hold on. Here we go. Else, the governor. We reported... Why is it doing that? All right, just play it. 
that email last week, and the iTeams Brian Crandall is live Crandall. with a follow-up questioning tonight. Brian? Well, Patricia and Jean, remember this email came from the company with a contract for initial work to redevelop the Cranston Street Armory in Providence, and they've raised the question of whether coming forward the allegations against top state officials is now sidetracking the project. Allegations of racist and sexist comments and demanding behavior made against Rhode Island State property boss David Pett. The email released last week was sent in March by executives from Scout to the governor's office, days after Patton and his boss, now former administration director James Thorson, visited them in Philadelphia. The dream team. Governor Dan McKee's office has said he asked state police to investigate. The behavior, is, if true, is, is uh, you know, was certainly is, a, is something that is not becoming of anybody that's uh, working with the state or thinks that they're going to continue working with the state. Patton is on paid leave. Thorson left his job at the end of April. While the state has paid Scout nearly $650,000 so far, which includes a running $25,000 monthly fee as the project waits in limbo, it has not provided funding to move forward with the $50 million redevelopment of the armory. In the email, Scout executives questioned whether the behavior and comments dangling the future of the armory deal in exchange for a private lunch and other accommodations was meant to get them to back off from the project. And following the public release of the email, Scout's statement included... Quote, we sincerely hope that our reporting of our experiences did not contribute to any potential lack of funding or support from the governor or his team. No, Has this situation at all yeah. affected the funding or your view of the so project? So I'll, I'll speak to that. Look, I submitted the budget in January. The issues that you're talking about happened, what, in April. So the decision was made long before that visit to April that we weren't ready to Mark. fund uh, that project at this point in time. And lawmakers did not add funding into their budget. McKee says he's waiting for a cost analysis of the Scout Armory plan that first came about before he was governor and asked about the character of people working in his administration. We have good people that work in our administration. Oh, yeah. All right, that is the uh, situation, NBC 10. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. Remember to log on to dipetro.com. We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on dipetro.com. <laughs> 